Okay, we continue in the Psicha in the Maranamuche. We just did the opening Psukim. So now, uh, after bringing the opening Psukim, the Rambam gives a number of reasons as to why the Sefer was written. And the first part is going to be discussing something that is not going to be totally clear until he actually does what he says he's going to do. So don't ask me a lot of questions on it because the purpose of it you'll see later on. And now it's just theoretical ideas, but we'll explain it a little bit. Hamaimer Hazer, this essay, Kavanasa Rishona, the first intention is Lavoyer Inyone Shemos. It's to explain certain nouns. Ba'u mi sifrei that you find in sifrei nevua, and which could cause us to make all kinds of mistakes. And there's all different types of different nouns, and he's going to give a few examples of it. There's a big debate in the in the commentaries what he means specifically in each case over here, and I don't think it's that vital that we get a hundred percent clarity here because he's going to give the examples later on. But we start with one type of nouns that are called shemos mishtatvim. Literally, it means nouns that are partners. So some would suggest that means homonyms. And what's a good example of a homonym? A homonym is where there's two words that are identical words, but the concepts have one has nothing to do with the other. The commentaries give a couple examples of that. Let's say the Hebrew word Ayin, which is Ayin Yud Nun Sovis, the simple meaning is sight, or the the uh, yeah, that's that's what it is uh, regarding an eye. An Ayin is an eye, but it's also in biblical terminology called a spring. So those two words have nothing to do with each other. A water spring. And therefore, they have nothing to do with each other, but it's identical words. Same letters. Same letters. So that's not a homonym? Yeah, right. That's not what a homonym is. The word Kelev. Kelev can be speaking about one of the astrological signs. You know, the stars come together. It's the astrological sign of Kelev, or it's actually a doggy. So that is uh, one type of nouns. So when you say one noun, it maybe the Torah means one, and you think it's the other. This is where the confusion can happen, okay? And what happens is, V'yikochum hapsoyim, so the foolish people take the homonym, based on a, a, like a simple understanding, in which this name is used. And they may take the simple meaning, like an eye, when it could be a spring. Okay? And that could really distort the whole meaning. And when you're looking in the Torah, they say, oh, an eye. So I guess it's an eye. It's kind of weird, but anyway. And... Fool, simple people, they only know that an ayin 
is an eye, and they don't know that an eye is a spring, for example. So that's one type of nouns. Umehem mushalim. And there's others that are mushalim, borrowed, so to speak. Uh, let us say the word arye, which is speaking about a lion. But sometimes when we call a person he's strong, they say he's a lion. Okay? So, in other words, it's it's a metaphor. It's not, right? It's, there is a, it's a lion, and Ari is a lion, and they're going to say, whoa, that guy's a lion. Like a lion. Not like, they just say he's a lion. Right, but they don't say it, but that means... But that's a metaphor. He's as strong as a lion. Or, for example, someone who's a philanthropist, very generous, they call him Yam, a sea. Why? Because their hearts are as broad as the sea. The sea is wide, his heart is up. So they're going to call him a yam. They're going to call him a sea. Okay, and, and they break the conversation that the people who are the singers in that time will uh, use those terms. So therefore, that also can mislead people. Okay, the yikachum and these foolish people will take these metaphors they're going to use the first simple concept, Asher Hu Shalomeno. They say, wow, he's a lion. Oh, the Torah says a person's a lion. Very nice. I guess people can be lions. Okay. <laughs> or, or they're going to say, oh, the man is the ocean. That's very... And simple people will think that's what it means. Right? So that, that could be a problem. And then we've got a third group over here. This is the tricky one over here. Umehem misupakim. There are some that are called misupakim, which uh, means really just not clear. Uh, in other words, not exactly clear what they're referring to. And for example, sometimes you have the word Adam. So the word Adam can be referring to a human being who is alive, a person. It could be speaking about a human being who is dead. It's also a person. Okay? It could be speaking about an image of a person, let's say made out of tree or as like a sculptor, so to speak, and they're going to say that that is an autumn. Okay? It could have a picture of a person. So, and then the question is, you know, what is this uh, misupak all about? Um... And commentaries give, you know, and it could be, you know, uh, yeah, so that's one way. And then he, he describes it in other ways that are not clear. Sometimes that these not clear terms are used in a terms of haskama, where again, the word haskama means agreement, where the, there seems to be some agreement in connection. Uh, for example, you have the word chai. Chai, a living being. That could be applied to a person. It could be applied to a horse. It could be applied to a crab, a scorpion. It could be applied to a fish. Okay, because it's, it's something that's alive. Okay, so one second. Let me just finish this. Sometimes these ideas are in the Haskama range that we just came before. And sometimes it's Mishtatvim. In other words, sometimes the words are 
um, it's it's a term that it can have multiple layers of the meaning in that way, or sometimes it's homonyms. So it's really not clear. For example, you got this ayin, and you know you get ayin can be understood in so many different ways. Is it a borrowed term? Is it a homonym? So a lot of these terms are just not clear, and these are used often in the Torah. Now the direction he's taking is obviously when we're going to talk about shortly where it seems that God is described in physical terms, mm-hmm. so this is going to create problems. So they had to know what do the terms actually mean. And that's the first purpose he's saying, I got to clarify all these nouns that people look at them simply, you know, the, the hand of God. Okay, oh, God must have a hand. But maybe that's a metaphor. Maybe that has a, a, a homonym meaning of something else. So therefore, that's the first thing I've got to clear clarify for you. Yeah. I think sometimes anashim means people, and sometimes it means men. Is that could that be? Um, maybe, yeah. maybe. But you see, there's so many. Just with these examples, just because her says a word, we can't take it for granted. So, so there's the simple. Remember, in the days of Rambam, there was no art scroll. You know, at best you had Rashi. Yeah, and it just, just out, right? just people didn't have access. You don't have Sephardim. Yeah, people didn't have access. All they had was if they're lucky, a hard copy of the Chumash. There's no printing press. So if, if you're lucky, so, right? And so that and there's not there's nothing there's nothing there to work with. Just what the words are saying. So people could get really off course over here. That's what he wants to clarify. That's going to be a large section where he just defines words. And that's so important, because if you don't know what the words mean, how can you analyze and ask questions? We don't even know. If we can't define our terms correctly, then we're really going to be ahead for lots of trouble. Yeah? Another way, pause for a minute. I want to go back to the homonyms, because I understand in the English language that happens, but I thought we always say with Hebrew, the shorish is like it tells you what it's all about. So we have two words. Well, there is some, but there still is some connection between an I and a spring, we'd have to know what it is. Okay, so it's not but like there's no connection at all. There has to be some connection, but yeah. a lot of the explanation will be very different, even though there's a connection. Okay. Yeah, you got a question? No? Okay, so that's the first point he is saying. Okay. And the Ein HaKavona and the intention in this essay is not Lahavinam Kulam Lehamon. To make them clear to all the masses. Okay? This whole idea of explaining all these words, etc., etc., this isn't just for anybody. And more so, and not even those that are beginning to look at things in a deeper way. And it's not even to teach those who have only looked into the wisdom of the Torah. What do we mean, wisdom of the Torah? Ratzalaymer Talmuda, which means the Talmud, which means basically explaining the mitzvahs and the commentaries explained somewhere over here. For example, the Talmud is obviously the Talmud, but it means like explaining what a mitzvah encompasses, explaining concepts of Derech Eretz, Questions of Abaye and Rava, uh, understanding practical mitzvah observance, 
is to show us how to do things in the way they should be. Midos shouldn't have jealousy. What good midos are? This is all called Chochmas HaTorah Talmudah. In other words, practical Torah. So this isn't even, I'm not going to explain it that much even for those people. So you could be a, 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 a Talmudic scholar in Nigle in the revealed oral law. But the complete uh, concept of this essay, and anything in this category, is what he calls, It's the wisdom of the Torah based on the truth. And what does that mean? It means a higher wisdom, which can be included in things such as, but not limited to, Masa Merkava, the chariot, um, or we can call divine, divine wisdom. Uh, it's a philosophy, but not uh, just like a, a Plato, Socrates philosophy, but a philosophy of Torah. And what is many suggest is he's talking about Kabbalah. Because that, you in the Hasidic forum, that's called Chachmas Ha'emes. We will see later, it's a whole discussion, if the Rambam knew Kabbalah or not, was aware of Kabbalah. Most of the secular commentaries say he didn't. But uh, there's a lot to suggest he does. The Ramban, often when he hints to something, he will say it on Chochmas Ha'emes. Okay? So he's talking about things that, uh, now obviously, like the Rambam has, has taught us a lot already. He's taught us about uh, halacha, practical halacha. He's taught us about nidos. He's taught us a lot of things. And now he wants to talk about chachmas ha-Torah emes. The emes, the true chachma. Which really, if we would study Torah really well, we'd have a real philosophy of Torah based on God's divine philosophy, not human philosophy. And those are core principles that transcend the uh, the shot, the pushup shot of the text, the pushup shot of the mitzvahs, to understand something in a much deeper way. So when you're talking about Misa Merkava, for example, that's metaphysical realities. And there's a lot of Torah that deals with metaphysical realities. Uh, that's what Hasidus really does. We, we have parts in the Torah, which we'll talk about tomorrow night's Parsha class, for example, when we're going to discuss Eli accused Khan of being a shikoris, yeah. drunk. drunk. So we're going to learn a piece from Lubavitcher Rebbe who says it's impossible to say he thought she was drunk. It's impossible. And therefore, he's going to tell you that shikoris can have an altogether different meaning. Okay? And like the wrong one. We don't want to give away the class now. No, but no. but when Iskazal say he thought she was a shikoris. Now, we'll see tomorrow. There's tons of questions on that. It's very hard shot to say. So now you got to understand. So what's, what, what are Chazal saying? What are Chazal saying? So, so she was drunk. So now we walk around. A simple person says, oh, he yeah. thought she was drunk. I got to remember, Ailey was not any Tom, Dick, or Harry. No, he was the coin goggle. He was the coin goggle. Go to that door. Just the point of the shayfet. And he thinks a woman who's dr- davening is drunk. Okay, so now, 
We can do Parsha Pshat. You read the text. Yeah, Taka Eli thought she was drunk. And you can come to all kinds of wrong conclusions. But if you have a deeper understanding what drunk means, then all of a sudden things become very clear. And that's not the um, the, under, the simple understanding of the text. It's not really aloha, so to speak, but it's the philosophy that comes out of this. And everything, and why we read it on Rosh Hashanah, it's, it's not just because she got a kid on Rosh Hashanah. It's much more. It comes to the core of what Rosh Hashanah, the whole philosophical backbone of Rosh Hashanah. So that's what we're talking about, Chochmas HaEmes. That already is another layer. Now, of course, you don't start learning Torah with Chochmas HaEmes. You first learn he thought she was drunk. And you learn that for a while. And on a simple level, it has a degree of truth, but it doesn't totally want, uh, make sense. So we have to understand it. On, now, you could, if I would just say, are there any other homonyms to drunk? Just, uh, just for the guy yeah. is drunk. Now, what would you assume? He is inebriated, right? Is right. there another meaning of drunk? Sure, he, he, he drinks something. Okay, how about another one? Just drunk with the joy of life or something. Like that. Oh, say better, say worse. Drunk with power. Okay, that's it. It's overwhelmed with power. Okay. It, has not, it may have nothing to do with alcohol. That's right. Drunk with love. Okay, drunk with love. Okay, but I'm just saying, you already see that, what do you mean? Yeah. A drunk, drunk, a drunk has many meanings. Simple meaning is you're a shaker. Right. But then, when you learn that way, then you get all kinds of questions. And then you start having, I don't understand. You tell us that rely on our gedolim. Right? A guy that you have to rely on your gadolim, your gadolim. Well, look, Ailey was a pretty dumb gadol. Because she's crying her eyes out. She wasn't swaying and, you know. And we learn all the halakas and tefillah from her. How stupid could Ailey have been to think she was drunk? Okay, so now, so you can walk away and say, well, I guess, I guess that's what it is. Great, great rabbis are also very fallible. And therefore, when my rabbi tells me to do something, he's probably making the same right mistake. Now, when when he sees me, he thinks I'm drunk, and I know I'm not yes. drunk. All right, so now we come to total un- dis- un- dis- disinformation of the Torah. So you got to understand, what does it really mean? But that takes a lot of depth to understand. So that's what he's saying. That um, that I I'm not planning on teaching to people except I want to teach people who will learn about Chachmas Ha'Emes, the true metaphysical, divine, um, lofty parts of Torah that are beyond the stuff you can feel and touch easily. I mean, Torah is teaching Midos, Halacha, this, that. It's, it's a lot. You know, Gemara's back and forth, this and that, all these things, amazing things. But it really doesn't give us the core philosophy of Yiddishkeit. Even the love your neighbor like yourself is not the core philosophy. There's much more that goes to it. All right. What, who am I intending this essay for? And now he will list seven specific qualities. This is what I'm looking for. Even though the story to the letter, the letter he wrote to his student, he was hinting to three qualities that the student has, but now he's expanding it to seven qualities. So let's see. is to arouse and awaken each person. Is number one, someone who is religious. 
Okay. Now, obviously, what kind of religious person? It's got to be a religious oriented person, which really the second thing is part of the first. Shehurgala binafshal, also behamanoso amitas tarasenu, who has trained his soul and his has a grasp of the world according to the truth of the Torah. So not only is he a, a spiritual person, but it's spiritually Jewish, okay? And three, who has perfected his emuna in the religion and his midos in the religion. For example, an arrogant person would not do well with the course of studies here because he will already say, I don't accept it, right? Number four, and also though, but he is versed in the secular philosophies and he knows what they mean. So he knows some, uh, some uh, what do you call Hegel. it? Sacred, uh, uh, all these guys, yeah. right? Uh, Aristotle. Yeah. Number five, the guy is used to using his brains and coming to intellectual conclusions. In other words, he's not someone just swayed by the masses. He just hears something 20 times and he's brainwashed. But he, 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 he thinks, he comes up with a concept, he works it through, he comes to conclusion, and he comes to reality based on Well thought out, highly intellect person. We're not talking about a person who can memorize facts and figures. A guy who's using the intellect, he's thinking of ideas and coming to conclusions that make sense according to these ideas. That's five. So we're talking about a very um, full person uh, in, in, in many ways. But still, it's not enough. There's still two more points. But with all that, and because he has all that, he finds the simple meaning of the Torah very difficult to understand. Why? Because he's well-versed in Aristotelian philosophy that has a lot of truth, truth about realities, okay, physics and things like that, or uh, analyzing what is reality, a lot of it is true. And now he looks at the simple pshat, and the simple pshat flies in the face of what philosophy says, okay, and uh, and uh, you know, for example, Sukkim say that God has a physical body. So now, you know, if you're a philosopher about God, it's not going to make sense. God cannot have a body. If you're a real philosopher, we're not an idol worshiper, a philosopher. And if you're a philosopher that believes that there is a God, there's no way that he could have a body. And yet the Torah says he has a body. Torah says he has a body. Sim- simple meaning. Uma shalom sor. And still, what has not, the confusion has not left him from what he's thinking. In other words, he's trying to figure it out. And he he hasn't come to a good conclusion. Now, he's got a good mind. Good mind figures things out. He figures out hard problems. Or let's overview. And there are people maybe trying to teach him based on these different types of nouns homonyms, or other borrowed terms, and they're explained to him. 
But still, after they're explained to him, Benishar and he remains confused and with anxiety because he doesn't know which way to go. And this is the real problem over here. In other words, if you're an ignorant boor and you come across the Torah says, Hashem has a hand, she's like, Hashem has a hand. No problem. He's got no problems. He's Hashem has a hand. That's all. It's not a problem. If you're a philosopher and you don't believe in the Torah, he also don't got any problems. Right? But if you mamish believe that the Torah is true, and you have philosophy, and, and we're talking about a, a normal philosophy, a sensible philosophy. A sensible philosophy says it's not possible that God can be corporeal. And yet there's this guy corporeal, and you want to believe in the Torah. So now you're kind of stuck. So what are you going to do? What does this student do? If he goes after his intellect, he says, listen, it's not possible that God has a hand. That's it. Philosophy tells me all, all thought about what God means, it cannot be that God is a physical being. And the Torah says he's got a hand. So what's he going to do? He'll just cast off the name. So get, you know what? This part of the Torah, we just reject it. Because it doesn't make sense according to logic. I, said, I, I cannot accept the fact that God has a hand. It can't. It's just that he can't be God. But what am I? I'm a good Jew. So what do I do? I'll keep the philosophy. And this person is out. I, the Rambam says, you don't believe in one word of the Torah. You're a heretic. You're a heretic. No, nope. I'm, I'm going to have to live with that. Because I, I know it's how do I live my life? Yeah, the Pusik says God has a hand. I can't reconcile. But, but philosophy says it's not possible for God to have a hand. That's all. So okay, so I'll just, when I get to this Pusik, I'll kind of skip it. And I'll let it go. I won't, I won't bother thinking about it. Oh, or... She shar mehem, or he'll keep the simple shot. Okay, I'm a believer in God. I believe Torah is MS. So you know what? I don't know why, but I'll accept the fact that God has a hand. That's all. I'll have to accept it. But if that's okay, but I'm not gonna follow my brains. Yeah. What am I gonna do with my brains now? My thoughts. He'll throw it behind his back. Go away from it. But then to be honest with himself, but wait a minute, I'm going to accept the Torah says God's got a hand because I'm a believer, but it totally flies in the face of what I know to be reality. But I'm going to disregard reality. He feels, you know what, there's, I, I'm not really understanding the Torah properly. It's not, I'll accept it, but I'm accepting a crooked Torah and I'm going to give up the philosophy. And he comes with these uh, these thoughts um, of uh, imaginations. And because of that, he's, he's scared, he's nervous, it's, 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 he's weak. And it never leaves him to have a broken heart, a pained heart from these thoughts. And he has great confusion. So now you're getting clearly why we are calling this safer the Moira Nevuchin. So we're not talking about people who are really intellectual lightweights, who just, well, I just don't understand anything. No, that, that's, that's not a confused guy. It's a guy who just is silly and doesn't know anything. Talk about a very, to be a Mavuch, 
mavuch, to be confused, means you're smart. You're really smart. You're a good Jew. You're a bona fide Torah scholar. And you're smart. You know worldly information. And you know, and this is, it's a logical philosophy. We're talking about the parts of, of, uh, of Aristotle that are MS. There are certain parts of Aristotle's analysis are MS. And you're seeing MS, and the Torah is using words that are flying in the face. And, and, and you want to be a good Jew. You want to know, who, who would you ask in those days? Rambam. Well, before Rambam comes along. You could ask, what's his Akai Hagon? I'm just saying, but you got, you got problems. And most people don't have a high going right across the street from them. No, probably not. Right? So, so these are, are serious issues. And that's why we were confused. We're not good people who are confused. So either, and, and then at the end of the day, you really can't, you don't know where to go because you can't take your Torah seriously. And you can't take the philosophy seriously. And therefore, as they say, you're nishtahin and nishtaher. And you don't really feel solidly committed to any one belief. And that's the reason why he's calling it the Moranavuchim. Okay, we'll stop it at this point of the introduction with much more to go. No, not to. Yashur Koyach, everyone. No, don't forget.